episode 9 on the 18th of May 2020. Today is the 8th day of déconfinement in France, 8 days since the start of the gradual lifting of COVID-19 lockdown restrictions. My name is Claudia and I am an English teacher in France. I am originally from Singapore, a little country in Southeast Asia, and have been living in France for four years since 2016 in a little town called Elsay, 30 kilometers away from Paris. This podcast is about the bits and pieces of my life in France. Through this podcast, you can learn things about Singapore and view France from a new perspective, from the eyes of a Singaporean. I am super hyped. I'm testing my new microphone in this episode. For the past eight episodes, I have been using Sirius O Sennheiser headset. It's a gaming headset with memory foam earpads and a short boom arm for the microphone. I am using it as he has bought a fancier one, a Bose noise cancelling headset which he uses for everything, playing games, listening to music and watching movies. Last but not least, he uses it while he's reading or working so as to cover the din our upstairs neighbour creates in the middle of the night. And so, the Sennheiser is relegated to me. For the past eight episodes, it has served me well for my budding lockdown podcast project, which is likely to be ephemeral. I just have to plug the headset to my Mac pull down the boom arm microphone to the mouth and speak. The sound effect seems reasonable, at least in the eyes of a newbie. Why do I need to buy another microphone? Well, honestly, just to make myself feel good, to feel like a real podcaster. After pouring through the website, reading countless articles on podcast starter kit, I feel that I should treat myself to at least a decent microphone, professional looking one, especially I have officially passed the pot fate phase. As discussed in the last episode, pot fate is an industry term, meaning podcast abruptly stopping production by their seventh episode. And today is my ninth one. I have survived. The new microphone is a Samsung Q2U. It's a simple looking mic that can be placed on the table by using a mic stand. After reading various reviews, it seems that Samsung Q2U is the best option for me. Simple to use, satisfying my basic requirements, and is on the lower end of the price range for professional microphones. Even though it isn't necessary to spend 90 euros on a new microphone, it's not an extravagance either. Besides, This will be an additional motivation to continue with my new hobby and not to bring it to an early end, which, according to Silvio, seems to happen frequently. By the way, Silvio has in his possession three sets of not inexpensive headphones. Hearing myself talking now, it reminds me of the famous quote from Queen Gertrude in Hamlet. Me thinks the lady doth protest too much. Now, a microphone. What's the next item I would buy? That's how one accumulates things, stuff, junk, 
possessions, luggage, belongings, trappings, whatever you may call it. It's hard to break the habits in our consumerist society. It's even easier nowadays. With just a few clicks of your fingers on the keyboard, you can receive your purchases within the comforts of your home. That's how I got my microphone, through Amazon. Now that I think about it, this predilection for acquiring things started even before I was financially independent. When I backpacked and travelled as a student, I would pick up souvenirs as I roamed from city to city, country to country. A handcrafted wooden keychain here, a pretty diary made from rice paper there, a book of local folklore, even though knowing deep down that I would never read it. A handmade cashmere scarf. With the very limited luggage space I had in my backpack, I would trudge around lugging the unwieldy bag stuffed with knickknacks. These impulsive purchases all suffered the same fate. They would be stored in one of the cabinets or a corner of my wardrobe in my bedroom, abandoned, until I needed to clear them out to accommodate for more recent supplies. When I started working, shopping became more frequent and more expensive. My first job after graduation was in Singapore, doing sales in the financial industry. I think that in this environment, the combination of these three elements, sales, financial industry and Asia, is the ideal incubator for promoting shopping cultivating overconsumption. Asians' love affair with luxury products is widely known, and Singaporeans are part of this cult. I believe it's around the late 20th century or early 2000 that the expression five C's of Singapore was coined. The five C's represent cash, car, credit card, condominium, and country club membership referring to our obsession with possessions. Of course, the five C's now might have been updated to, I'm not quite sure, maybe a permanent residency permit in another country, a house instead of a condominium. The reputation is of course not without grounds and can be seen patently everywhere in Singapore, especially in the financial industry. Perhaps I'm biased since I was in this industry for 12 years. But I don't think I'm too far off the mark. Take a stroll in the commercial business district in Singapore during the peak hours. I dare say that a big majority of the ladies, regardless of age, from fresh graduates to senior executives, have swinging on their shoulders, hanging around their elbows, dangling from their fingers, various luxury leather bags either from the discreetly or loudly embossed logos, the two C's, opposite phasing and interlocking, the capitalized serif alphabets L and V monogram, the carriage and horse, one would know that your bag is worth a small fortune. It's not just limited to bags, of course. It's everything. Shoes, watches, jewelry, sunglasses, lighters, if you smoke, the mobile phones, the cosmetics. However, the value of these purchases is not aligned with the salary of the buyer. It's not unheard of someone with a modest salary splurging on a bag that is one to three months off his salary. The ability and readiness to spend a few months of salary on an accessory is also enabled by the fact that most young people live with their parents until they get married. 
and that helps with cutting down their living expenses. It's not only the women, men too. Them with their five-figure Swiss watches, their diamond-studded cufflinks, the same European branded wallets, or men bags, pens with the black and white rounded star logo. One of the entrenched beliefs of a salesperson, particularly if you work in the financial sector, is that your dressing reflects your success. If you dress well and can afford designer brands, it means that you are successful in what you do, which implies that the products and services you are selling must be bona fide. That's why I said that Asia plus financial industry plus sales is a hotbed for overconsumption. I was in a similar position. A fresh graduate landed a sales position in the financial industry in Singapore. I was not the top salesperson, but I earned a decent living. Perhaps it was due to the peer influence, or perhaps it was just to confirm to myself that I made it, or to demonstrate to my family my achievements. If you ask a psychologist, he might say that I was just trying to fill up an emotional void with defeats. stay in the sales position for a long time, but the purchase for designer goods did not stop and it continued and worsened as my career progressed. I'm not saying that I was a shopaholic, at least not like Rebecca Bloomwood, the shopaholic journalist portrayed in Sophie Kinsella's books. I can see the skeptical look on your face now. You must be questioning whether an alcoholic would ever admit having an alcoholic problem. My problem was definitely not as bad as that of Rebecca Bloomwood, but I am admitting that I was just throwing money away then. When I got a bonus, I would reward myself with a nice French branded bag. When I got bored, I would go shopping, buying a bag that cost half of my money salary. At the end of the month, when I received money, I would treat myself to a shopping spree and a body spa treatment. Not forgetting that I would attend regular sessions of facial spa, manicure and pedicure. I moved to Hong Kong from Singapore in 2012 for work, still in the financial industry. In this new city, my shopping appetite, if you can believe, got bigger. I believe the main reason might be that I was bored being in a new city with no friends. However, things took a sharp turn about 10 months after I arrived in Hong Kong. I discovered running, specifically trail running. I bet you must be surprised to hear that there are actually trails in Hong Kong, as Hong Kong is generally known for its being a financial hub in Asia and also for having one of the busiest ports in the world. To cut the long story short, I fell in love with the sport and my life outside work was entirely devoted to it. Guess what? My adoption of trail running coincided with the gradual winning from designer brands. In addition, after two years in Hong Kong, I decided to quit the company and left the financial industry for good, and I quit without a job. I was fortunate to find another job soon after, completely unrelated to finance. It was a job helping out a small company with organizing trail running events and managing its trail running magazine. The new job was not as well paid, 
but I did not have to wake up every morning dreading to go to the office and face my colleagues and clients. Another cool thing about this job was that I could work from home. With a job like this, the luxurious leather bags, high heel shoes, office wear and cosmetics were packed and pushed away to the deepest corner of the wardrobe. I was in running shoes and running clothes all day. By that time, I had already spent 12 years in the financial industry in Singapore and Hong Kong. You can imagine how many bags, pairs of shoes and clothes I had amassed in these 12 years. When I had to leave Hong Kong for France, I found myself with loads of shoes, bags and office apparel. I'm ashamed to say that some of these items were hardly used and a few still had the price tags on them. In the end, I managed to sell some of the bags and threw away most of the high heel shoes. I kept a few pairs with the thought that I might need them for work interviews in France. Honestly, I really couldn't imagine subjecting my feet ever again to those torture contraptions. For the remaining bags that I took with me to France, they're actually sitting in their dust bags haven't even used for the last four years in France. After I got addicted to trail running, my consumption habits in Hong Kong changed. Instead of buying luxurious, superfluous items, my expenditure was on trail running equipment. Items that were required in the participation of ultra-distance mountainous races that would ensure my safety, gear that was supposed to help me run faster, paraphernalia that would minimize my discomfort during these arduous physical challenges. Occasionally, only occasionally, accessories that would make me look like a pro runner. As you can see with my recent purchase of the microphone, I have not completely vanquished the shopping devil in me. With new hobbies that I have picked up since I arrived in France, like cycling and my recent podcasting project, there are always reasons, seemingly valid, for getting more stuff. However, I have to say that my materialist indulgence has definitely dropped a big notch. With age comes maturity. You come to understand that possessions do not necessarily grant you happiness. Based on my personal experience, the acquisition of superfluous items usually provides only a momentary pleasure. The unwrapping of the package, taking the item out of the box, and the first time trying out the item. This form of pleasure does not last. You will need to continue with more shopping to capture this transient pleasure again. Well, for me, this will be impossible based on my teacher's salary. What's your relationship with material possession, especially designer brands? Do you think that it's hard for consumers in the developed countries to be freed from overconsumption? I would love to hear your thoughts. You can leave me a message through Facebook, Instagram, or send me an email at info at justclaudia.me. Keep safe. Until the next podcast. Bye. Bye. Bye.